Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, we are talking all about how you can combine the wishes collection for your reception with an off-site wedding ceremony. Now, this doesn't necessarily have to be a place physically off-site. This could be any non-Disney ceremony venue, such as Paddlefish, which was used by today's guest, Nicole Wimzak. Nicole's going to share her experience with combining the two, and hopefully this will be helpful for you if you are maybe considering having your ceremony at a Catholic church and combining it with a Wishes Collection event, or you just want to save some money on the Wishes Ceremony fee and use a lower-priced venue for the ceremony, but still have a Wishes Collection reception. So welcome, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I'm so glad you could be on the show today. I always like to start at the very beginning and find out how you guys decided you wanted to get married at Walt Disney World. Okay, so basically once we started dating, I think after like three months, it was near Christmas and I decided that I wanted to take him to Disney World to see if he was okay to be with because I love <laughs> Disney a lot. So I bought his tickets and we got it all planned out and that was our Christmas gift and that was our first vacation together and since then I think I converted him into a Disney person. <laughs> we we just kind of, we, we kept going. We had been a couple of times and I think the year before we got married we had gone five times that year. and. I mean, you you kind of just imagine yourself getting married there if you're always there. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of how we picked Walt Disney World. That's amazing. So usually couples pick paddlefish instead of a wishes wedding because they just do like a small ceremony there and then they go to a reservation at a restaurant or they do their reception through paddlefish. How did you guys decide to use the option of combining paddlefish for the ceremony with a wishes wedding reception through Disney's fairy tale weddings. Okay, so this was really, really complicated for me because I looked at a million options. Like I looked at Swan and Dolphin, I looked at Disney's fairy tale weddings, I looked at House of Blues, Paddlefish, I looked at Disney Springs hotels, I looked at offsite venues, and there's just so many choices. So we kind of got all the different prices and all that and looked for the ones that we thought would fit with our theme well and narrowed it down like that. But the real way that I got the idea of having kind of like an, I would call it an off-site ceremony combined with the wishes reception was through the um, a Disney Brides Facebook group. I saw that brides that were religious and Catholic were able to do an off-site ceremony at a Catholic church. 
and then still have their wedding, the reception at through Disney's Fairytale Weddings. So then I started doing more research and found out, well, you don't have to have a religious wedding. You just have to meet the minimums for a reception. You could do your ceremony anywhere. You don't even have to do a ceremony if you don't want to. So that's kind of how I combined that thanking process. Then um, trying to narrow it narrow down to the venues was a little difficult. So we were looking at Disney's Fairytale Wedding ceremony venues as well. And I really liked the wedding pavilion, but I knew we weren't going to have a lot of people and I didn't want it to feel small and empty. So we scratched that. Then I liked Sea Breeze Point and I really kind of got obsessed with it until I found out the rain backup and I thought it was horrible. So then we scratched that. And then we looked at more and more and more venues, and that was the same thing. All the rain backups were horrible. So I found Paddlefish. The venue's beautiful on the water and nice scenery. And then for the rain backup, uh, you could go into their inside room that had large windows, lots of natural light coming in. You would still be able to have um, the doors open, even if it was raining, to have still the water background. And that just kind of fit our vision more because it didn't really make sense to pay so much money if you could potentially be shoved into a ballroom. I did not like that idea at all. Do you remember how much Paddlefish charged you to just do the ceremony there? Yes. So Paddlefish, just the ceremony was $500. And then if you wanted to do a reception there... They actually knocked it down to $300 for your ceremony deck fee, and then you had a $1,500 food and beverage minimum. So we were actually going to do everything at Paddlefish because it was so affordable, but I had contacted, I was working also with Disney, um, Disney's Catered Events, I think that's what it's called. <laughs> yes. But anyways, there was a possibility we would be able to get Mickey and Minnie to go to Paddlefish, but they ended up not being able to do it. And for some reason, I thought Vicky and Minnie were really important. So we ended up spending thousands of dollars more for that so we could go through Disney's fairytale weddings. <laughs> That's interesting. But then also for brides who are interested in this, it's interesting to hear that Paddlefish, even if you just do the ceremony, $500 versus $4,000 to $5,000, which is what Disney charges for its ceremony fee, you really could save a lot of money on a Wishes collection event you know, have a regular wishes collection event, but do your ceremony at Paddlefish. That's really good to know. Exactly. And that was a huge deal for us because our guest list kept climbing and climbing. So saving money anywhere we could really helped. And it was honestly the better option for us because of the whole rain backup. But $500, it was almost like free, basically. <laughs> because it, a lot of other companies have like elopement style packages and they're nowhere near $500. They're like in the thousands range. Right. That's a really good point. And their food and beverage minimum was very low as well. And their pricing per person was very affordable. The lunch menu was starting at $30 per person. And they had different packages. You could go higher up to 60 And, of course, they also do dinner events. And that's a little bit higher food and beverage minimum. I think it was around 4000 But the deck fee for the ceremony was the same. It would have been 500 or 300 Okay, got it. 
So you used Paddlefish's back deck for the ceremony. What Disney venue did you use for your reception? Okay, so for the reception, since I really liked the idea of the wedding pavilion, it wasn't just because of the actual pavilion. It was also more about the location. So for our reception venue, we chose the Grand Floridian, and we used the Whitehall room and patio. So we had the patio portion for the cocktail hour, and then we had the inside portion for the actual reception. And did you add any other events like a dessert party? Yes. So we also added a dessert party at Epcot, and we used UK Lockside. But we did have to go to Rain Backup, so technically our eating dessert party portion was at the Living Seas Salon, and then from there we went to UK Lockside for the fireworks, and then after that, we didn't take all the guests to Test Track, but we had our bridal party go to Test Track for a ride mix-in that never really happened, which it will be, I'll talk about it when we talk about what went wrong. (laughs) Oh, oh no. (laughs) Okay, so how did your friends and family react when they found out you were getting married at Walt Disney World? Okay, so my, my friends, they knew it was coming. They weren't surprised at all, so no shocker there. My friends aren't big Disney people, so I don't really know. They probably were a little annoyed that they had to go to Disney, but we all ended up enjoying it in the end. Nick's friend was excited. And then our family, they were excited. They were kind of glad and that they could get a vacation in it too, not just that they would have to travel to some random state for a wedding and there would be nothing fun for them to do. So they liked that part. (laughs) How many guests did you invite and how many made the trip? Okay, so we invited about 50 guests and we had a total of 35 including us. And this is a much larger number than we had really wanted or anticipated. We thought it was going to be more around 18 to 20, but then everyone just kept RSVPing, so we ended up with 35. (laughs) Can you give my listeners a timeline of how your day ran? Okay, so it was a long day. (laughs) It started very early because we had a morning ceremony and a brunch reception. So our hair and makeup started at 4 a.m. We originally had two stylists from Fairytale Hair and Makeup, but I just couldn't get the timeline to work, and we would have had to start earlier, like around 3. But we ended up adding on a stylist. So we had three stylists for eight people. So for eight people, we had 4 a.m. start time. Everyone was ready with hair and makeup by 7.45. We did all the getting ready photos. Regina and David, they came around 7 a.m. So we had photos for like 45 minutes. And then after that, we walked down. The first look, we walked down from, we were staying at the Grand Floridian, getting ready there. So our first look was at the Grand Floridian as well. We walked down to the outside portion of the lobby, and the first look was at 8 o'clock. We took photos, uh, me and Nick, for about 10 minutes. Immediately following the first look photos, we had bridal and family photos in the same spot as well, outside the Grand Floridian, and then moving to the inside portion, the staircase. 
The photos were from 810 to 840, so about 30 minutes. Then at 840, I actually had vans that picked up the bridal party and left to take them to Paddlefish because they needed to set some things up for me. And then me and Nick stayed for about 30 minutes from 840 to 910 to take some more photos together. We left the Grand Floridian around 9.15 to head to Paddlefish. Then our ceremony was from around 10 to 10.15. It was a quick ceremony. I knew it was hot. It was July. I wanted to make sure it wasn't so long. Then around, well, then we stayed from 10.20 to around 10.40 to do the stage photos, the pedal toss, um, some more bridal portraits with me and Nick. Our guests left before us, so they were already departed to go back to the Grand Floridian for the cocktail hour. Me and Nick, we skipped a portion of the cocktail hour and um, took some photos at the Grand Floridian. We took photos at the picture point in front of the wedding pavilion. And then we went back to the room because Nick had an outfit change. (laughs) And then I wanted to change my veil because I had a cathedral veil. Then we went to the reception. So the cocktail hour was from 11 to 12. And the reception started at 12 o'clock. We actually got there a little late. We took a long time <laughs> taking photos and getting ready. Because we had I had a corset dress, so we were all by ourselves. And Nick had to figure out how to tie it again. Because I had <laughs> taken it off for something I can't even remember. But anyways, the reception started at 12 o'clock. We got announced. We immediately did our first dance, and then we followed that with toasts. So we did all the toasts at the beginning. The buffet opened around 12.30. We gave guests a chance to eat for an hour. That was enough time for the amount of guests we had. Then we had a parent dance around 1.30. Characters came after that around 1.40. They stayed for like 30 minutes. We danced with them. We cut the cake, and we took more photos. And then at um, around 2.20, we also did a garter toss and a bouquet toss. And then everyone kind of just mingled and talked and relaxed until 3 o'clock, which is when we ended the reception. We actually did the reception shorter than normal. We cut one hour to save some money. And then we let everyone have a break. Our dessert party was scheduled from 8 to 9.30 Although we did have rain backup, so we had to get there earlier. I think around like 7 or so. Because originally we were going to get there at 7.30, but they changed us to 7. We waited for our guests to get there. And then we got escorted to the Living Sea Salon. That's where we did the eating portion. I think we ate until about 8.30. Then they walked us out to UK Lockside. It stopped raining, so that was good. No one got wet at the actual fireworks portion. The fireworks were around 9, and they lasted, I guess, like 15 minutes or so. After that, we said bye to everybody because we weren't really going to see anyone after that for the trip. We saw people mostly at the beginning of the trip, and then we took our bridal party to test track, and then after we had that fiasco, it was done, and we left, and we went to the hotel, and we slept. (laughs) So it was a long day. (laughs) 
So did you work with a wedding coordinator to help make things transition between Paddlefish and Disney's fairy tale weddings? Or did you not really need one because it was just, you know, go in, have a ceremony and then go? Okay, so this part is kind of, I guess, the difficult part about not doing your ceremony through Disney. It, but it really wasn't difficult, to be honest. So you have your um, Disney wedding planner. And they're still coordinating things for you, but you just need to make sure that you also coordinate with Paddlefish. So, for example, I would tell my Disney wedding planner, okay, this is my Paddlefish coordinator. Her name was Kate. And we're going to start the wedding at this time and then do this. And then I need a van to pick us up at this time. And then my Disney planner would type that all in the BEO. So there is still some coordination with that. But for Paddlefish, you can just hit contact us on their website and they email you right back. I had two people I worked with, kind of the salesperson and then the coordinator that was over the salesperson that kind of talked more details with you. You let them know what you want. I mean, they're really open. They're not strict. That's another thing. Like Disney, if you wanted a morning ceremony, they had changed it. You had to do, I think it was... Uh, 9 a.m. or 9.30, I think 9 a.m., they changed it. Where Paddlefish, I could do at whatever time I wanted. So I was able to do 10 a.m. for the ceremony. Did you work with an outside vendor on your bouquet and boutonnieres, or did you use Disney Floral for those? Okay, so outside vendors. So vendors is also very easy, surprisingly, if you go, if you don't do your ceremony through Disney. So basically, well, floral, I did my own floral. So we made, well, not we, that was me. <laughs> I made the bridesmaid bouquets, I made the boutonnieres, and I made my bouquet as well. And then I ordered my runner from Etsy. And that was like $100 versus 1000 through Disney. And then um, I actually ordered the pedals myself, too. And I just had my friends set it all up. So my friends set up the runner and the pedals, and it was super quick and easy. But the other decor that I had at Paddlefish, Disney actually provided it. So you can use Disney, and it goes towards your enhancement minimums, even if you're not having their ceremony through them. And this will actually work anywhere. You could have uh, your ceremony at a church and Disney will coordinate it and they'll set it up for you as well. So through Disney, they did my the chairs, the white garden chairs, because those aren't standard at Paddlefish. The chairs are different, but I wanted those white chairs. And then Disney did the columns and then the floral on top of the columns. And they also did an unplugged ceremony sign for me there. So you are able to work with Disney and make sure it, your money is going towards that enhancement fee. Aside from that, I also use Christine McPhail. She's a harpist. She's actually a Disney vendor, too. But I booked her outside of Disney, and I saved half the price. So through Disney, I think to get the harpist was like 800 or 900 or something like that. And she charged us 350 and that included the ceremony and the pre-reception. And since she was a Disney cast member, it made it super easy for her to get to the Grand Floridian and unload the harp. She didn't have to do any paperwork because she was already a contractor. And she got to go through the backstage areas without anyone really escorting her. So it was easy for her. And then we also booked Regina Hyman for photography, which is also an outside vendor. And then we booked Trinity Wedding Cinema, which is also an outside vendor. 
Got it. Okay. And then at the reception, it sounds like, did you have Christine continue to the reception? And then did you switch to a DJ? So we did have Christine at the ceremony, and then she did go to the pre-reception. She played for an hour at the pre-reception, and then she left. So during the um, actual reception portion, we had paid for the microphone, and we used that. We didn't have a DJ. We had Nick's dad do kind of the emceeing. I wrote the script, and he did that, and then... We had the California, the jazz duo from California Grill play at the reception whenever we weren't talking like speeches and toasts and all that. And then when the characters came, we had the iPod hookup. So we were able to play fun, fast music for that. And my friends operated that. That's great. Do you have any menu items or cake flavors that you can recommend? Okay, so for food, this is a big deal. Like, even our photographers and videographers were laughing because we really wanted photos of the food, all the food. So we have a lot of recommendations. (laughs) So um, a big deal for us when we were wedding planning was saving money. We wanted to spend the minimum on everything. And we basically spent the minimum for food and enhancement. I think we went over, like, $40 on food. We took the Tinkerbell brunch. I think that's what it was called. It was like the mid-tier one. And I just gave it a chance. And I asked for some modifications to see what they would give me. And I don't know if I got lucky or or what, but it ended up being the same price. It was like the $72 price instead of the um, pork, which we thought tasted awful at the food tasting. We wanted to substitute it for some of our favorite food at Boma, which is the sous vide steak with the Boma mustard sauce and then the fufu sweet potatoes. So what we had the chef do was he just substituted the meat for the meat. So the pork for the steak The sauce was just the sauce, so that was not a big deal. And then we had hash browns substituted for sweet potatoes. So it ended up being the same price, and it was, like, the best food ever. It was so delicious. And every honestly, everything else was great, too, but that's just, oh, we loved it so much. And then for cake, we had a three-tier cake, and we had three different flavors. But um, our two favorite flavors... Mine was the lemon cake with buttercream. Oh, it was so good. And then uh, Nick's favorite was a chocolate cake with the um, gray stuff, the gray stuff. Those were our two favorite cake flavors. For food that we don't recommend was all the food we got at the dessert party. So don't get the empanadas at Epcot. They were awful. (laughs) We tried them at the Grand Floridian, and they told us it was going to taste the same. It tasted like frozen Totino's pizza roll flavor like that's kind of what it was crunchy like that it was awful also they messed us up we weren't ever supposed to have chocolate donuts they were supposed to be regular donuts but don't get chocolate donuts flambe I don't know why Disney messed that up or how they ever thought we wanted chocolate donuts but that was disgusting (laughs) okay good to know (laughs) Okay, so it sounds like budget was pretty important to you. So what were maybe the three most important aspects where you splurged or you focused your attention and budget? 
We wanted to spend our money on food, drinks, and cake. Well, that's one category because I still have two more. So that's just feeding people. Well, mostly feeding us. We didn't really care what everyone else ate. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, no, we wanted to make sure we had really awesome food because we've been to weddings where the food is meh and then you don't have a good experience you have good food we really wanted to make sure we had an open bar and that that was taken care of so we didn't have to worry with bill on consumption and I managed to fit it in my budget to where we didn't go over on our food and beverage minimum and I still got an open bar so that was good our second thing that was really important to us was Disney-fying, if that's a word, the wedding. So all the small details like the table names, our card box, like the card box, I really, really wanted it. It came from Russia. <laughs> I bought it on Etsy, but I like had to have that card box. Characters, fireworks, and ride mixin. So that all goes with the category of making it a Disney wedding. I wanted to make it special since people were traveling so far. So I felt like spending my money on things that only Disney offered was most bang for your buck. And then um, our last uh, most important aspect was photography and videography. We spent a lot of money on that. <laughs> but it's worth it because that's what you look at now that the day is already done. And that's what you're always going to look at and show everyone. Got it. Okay. So what aspects were less important where you saved your money or your time? Okay, so I think the floral was less important to me. Floral is just really expensive, and I just didn't feel like it was worth it. Like, they wanted $300 for a bouquet, but that was just ridiculous. So I made all the bouquets and all the boutonnieres. I got all the materials from Hobby Lobby. It was super cheap compared to what they wanted for everything. Oh, for also for floral, like, centerpieces those were ridiculous like the prices they gave us were so expensive we ended up going with like um a candelabra those were only fifty dollars and they scattered scattered rose petals around them so that was a way to save money for us um ceremony that was i mean the ceremony is important but I didn't need it to be at an expensive place to be happy. I just needed it to be beautiful, and we had to be there. So we saved money with that. Our transportation, I was not going to pay ridiculous amount of money for buses. So everyone was on their own for transportation except our bridal party. And I, I was worried about it, but everything worked out in the end. And then our last thing... Sorry, I know you said three, but um, another way we saved money was clothing. So <laughs> all our clothing was pretty cheap. Like my bridesmaid dresses, they were $40 from Charlotte Russe, and they looked beautiful. Um, Nick bought his tuxedo for 100 and he got to keep it. I went shopping for my gown, and then I fell in love with it. And then I found it on a resale site for only 300 <laughs> So yeah, that, that saved us a lot of money too. Wow, that's, these are great tips. So out of all of this, what ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? Okay, so Nick said his favorite memory was eating. <laughs> and then I think my favorite memory was the characters. Well, of course we liked getting married, but everyone says that. So those were ours. We're superficial. We like eating and characters. <laughs> I'm going to cut in here. First dance. 
Oh, our first dance was pretty epic. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, so um, my husband is really shy, and he always has been. He's he's a computer programming nerd, and then he met me. So when he found out I wanted to do a choreographed first dance, he probably almost died. But basically, we did. We tricked everyone. So we had a slow dance. Our theme was Beauty and the Beast, so we slow danced to Tale as Old as Time. And then I'm Hispanic, so I kind of wanted to have a little flavor in the wedding. So we cut the music, and it went to a Spanish song called Suavemente, and we started dancing in Spanish, and it was just great. That was that was a good moment, Nick. You're right. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so it sounds like the dessert party ride mix-in went a little wrong. Do you want to talk about what happened there? Yeah, of course. So I kind of, I'll start from the beginning of the, how everything went wrong. <laughs> I had a really great planner. Her name was Mickey and she was just awesome. We did the planning session with her. I just felt so confident about everything. She knew everything before I knew it. She was just great. And then like 20 days or 25 days before our wedding, she was leaving and we got a new planner and she was actually a new planner. Like, I think we were probably one of her first weddings or her first wedding. And I was nervous, but I stayed calm. We talked on the phone. We went over the BEO. I made sure everything was in the BEO, but then the day didn't go as planned. It was just really stressful at the reception. She kept asking me questions if I wanted her to do this or do that when everything was in the BEO. And she kept asking me, like, oh, when do you want to do the father-daughter dance? And my father wasn't there, so that was kind of stressful. And can she kept asking me, can we just change this? And it was just, I don't, I didn't like the coordination. A lot of things were also wrong at the reception, like some of the food and all that. But it was minor. And then the dessert party. That was like a huge flop. So all the food was wrong. The empanadas were completely different. Like the empanadas we tasted, they looked different too. They were larger portions. They had a different kind of meat than the ones we got at the dessert party. So those were awful. The donuts flambe was completely wrong. It was supposed to be large donuts, like actual real donuts with holes in the middle. They gave us donut holes that were chocolate with cinnamon whiskey flambe. That was disgusting. So that went wrong. And then they thought we ordered that. So they didn't realize it was wrong. And they tried to make it up and they brought me, um, what was it? What kind of cake? Some kind of angel food cake? I don't know. Anyways, all the food at the dessert party was awful. But, um, <laughs> and I hate saying that because I love Disney food. So I don't know what went wrong. And then we got escorted to the fireworks. And my planner wasn't talking to me because she knew I was upset. <laughs> so she was avoiding me. She wouldn't look at me or anything. She never apologized or anything. But she did get us champagne, and I appreciate that, but I just wish she would have actually talked to me or said something. So that, that was kind of awkward, and I guess I was in a bad mood. But um, we enjoyed it anyways. It was still awesome with the fireworks. 
So then we had to go to the mix-in, and this part I was so excited for because none of my friends had bought park tickets. They didn't really want to come to Disney and spend so much money. So this was kind of a way for me to thank them and something fun. And also, it's my daughter's favorite ride, Test Track, so we wanted to give her that, that fun for the wedding, too. So we get to Test Track, and we're taking photos outside of Test Track, and all of a sudden, they say we can't take our photographers and videographer inside. And it was in our BEO, and it had been discussed, and they filled out the media contract that they would be going to Test Track, which is why we paid them extra money. And so there was a miscommunication that they wouldn't be able to go. So that took a long time for them to figure it out. We were waiting outside Test Track for probably 20 minutes. They finally got the all clear that it was a mistake and that they were allowed to go in. So we go into Test Track, getting ready to ride the ride, taking some photos, and then it doesn't turn on. Like, the ride is just, someone turned it off. <gasps> so they turned the ride off, and once the ride gets turned off, it can't be turned back on, <sighs> apparently. So we're just taking photos, and it was also disappointing. Everyone was really excited, and no one could ride the ride. And I thought, okay, no worries. I remember we still have the backup ride because I made sure I told my planner that I would like to have Frozen or Soaring as a backup ride just in case. Well, they sent all the cast members home, apparently, from Frozen and Soaring. Because at this point, we were in the park pretty late, since we had to wait so long for them to figure out if the photographers could go into Test Track. So there, was no, there were no cast members to do our ride mix-in, so we weren't able to do the ride mix-in. And that was really disappointing, and we, we spoke with the representative there, and there was really nothing they could do... They couldn't get a hold of the planner, so there, there was no solution for us. Oh, actually, no, there was a solution they thought was a solution. They were trying to offer us fast passes for the next day, which was unacceptable <laughs> because we didn't have park tickets for my friends, so that was not a solution for us. So we were in a bad mood. Well, I guess mostly me. I was probably in the worst mood. And then we, um, we walk out to go to... Uh, we're trying to get back to the hotel. We had vans set up, but we couldn't leave for a long time. What was the reason? I can't remember. I have no clue what the reason was, honestly. But we were waiting in the van for like 15 minutes before we were able to leave back to the Grand Floridian. So, And at this point, we were done. So we couldn't figure out why we had to wait so long. They had to like, they were calling someone. They had to get clearance to drive us out of the park because it was late or some, something weird. But yeah, the dessert party was a a big negative on a Debbie Downer for us. A lot of things went wrong. The good thing is none of the guests really knew anything was wrong. They thought the food was really good. They thought the fireworks were awesome. And the only people that knew about Test Track were our close friends. So it wasn't a big deal. And did Disney do anything to make up for this? They didn't do anything to where we could experience it. We did get a refund. So we got a refund on our food, and then we got a refund on our ride mix-in. They didn't refund us our venue fee since we still watched the fireworks there. But yeah, so, I mean, it was nice that they gave us a refund, but they didn't offer it to us. I had to email them. And then it still didn't really make up for it. So that was a little disappointing. 
Right. Okay. So was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal beforehand and then it turned out not to be? Yeah, definitely. I think that one of the things that worried me was because I was being cheap and not wanting to get a bus, that people wouldn't make it to the ceremony. So I was scared that no one was going to know where Paddlefish was, even though I made like maps for them and all that, or even where Whitehall Room was, or how to get to the dessert party. But honestly, everything was fine. They're all adults, and I realized that. They made it this many years in their life, and they made it to Disney. So they'll be fine making it to your venues, and if they don't know where it's at, they'll ask someone. So don't feel like you need to spend a lot of money to get a bus because you're worried about your guests making it in time. Another thing that I was nervous about was um, figuring out our reception timeline because we had the jazz duo and they had to take 20-minute breaks every hour. So they would play 40 minutes and take 20-minute breaks after that and then play again. And I kept making it a big deal to the planner. And the planner was like, oh, no, don't worry about it. Everything will be fine. They'll figure it out. And that was the one thing she was right about. They actually ended up playing more than they were supposed to. They hardly really took a break. So that was nice. They played extra, and I didn't have to worry about anything. Basically, any time um, we had a speech or, or there was a toast or, like, the garter toss, they would just go take a break for five minutes or so, and then they would come back and play. So that was nice. And then something that Nick was worried about that he thought would be a big deal beforehand was waking up early, but he says it, it ended up being fine. Yeah, I always say that if there's one day in your entire life you're going to get up early, at least you could do that for your wedding day. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Now, the dessert party maybe is going to factor in here. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? I think that we probably would have just stuck with the smaller wedding that we wanted originally. And I say that because... Once you start getting a larger wedding, although we only had 35 people, we did a lot of wedding events at the reception and we had a lot of stuff going on that we had to coordinate and it just kind of got stressful to, to the point where you didn't really enjoy it. So having a smaller wedding is much more manageable. I couldn't imagine having any more than 35 people, to be honest. It was very difficult to even talk to 35 people at the wedding, let alone if I would have had 100 people, we would have had to greet them all. It would have been too difficult. So we might have just gone with a smaller wedding. And with that, I would say... I would think that having a longer reception would be better. So we cut an hour from our reception, thinking that four hours would be too long. And we ended up feeling like it wasn't enough time. Like once we got to the end is whenever everyone started having fun and then we had to leave. It was over. So we would definitely just keep that amount. Okay. Do you have any other tips or advice for someone who might be considering combining a wishes collection reception with a ceremony at a non-Disney venue? Save the money. The expensive stuff isn't even really worth it. Go for everything minimal. No one's really going to know that you cheaped out. <laughs> it, it's all going to look beautiful no matter what. And honestly, people are paying more attention to you than everything else. 
and the guests, they see more of the overall factor and not the small things that brides see. So save your money. If you are in a tight budget, go for an off-site option and then combine it with a reception so that you can still keep the Disney fairy tale weddings portion of it, which allows you to add in things like characters, fireworks, party. You can also get um, the carriage, too. We were thinking about getting the Cinderella's carriage for um, a farewell at the end of the reception. They can set that up for you. So save the money on wherever you can and use the money for the things that really matter. Another thing is, and this isn't specific to uh, combining the ceremony and reception, but more of a general piece of advice is don't let people sway your decisions for your wedding. It's your wedding and it should be the way you want it. So if people have input, you can take that input, but make sure you're the ultimate decider in that. And the last piece of advice is plan your timeline and then add a whole lot more time to it. <laughs> so we had getting ready. I thought it was enough time, but it really wasn't. We could have really used a whole nother hour. And even during the reception, I felt like we could have used a lot more time for everything. Okay. Wow. These are great tips. Well, Nicole, this has been really helpful. Thank you so much for sharing all these great tips and advice for anyone who is considering combining a wishes collection reception with an off-site ceremony. And I appreciate your taking the time. Of course. Thank you so much for having me and hopefully it can help other brides out. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.